Hello and welcome to the I Heard Your Review Movies podcast for this week. We have taken an extended break, uh, but we return with reviews of Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, One Night in Miami, and the highly anticipated Coming to America. We will also talk about the current movie theater and awards season news, so sit back and enjoy the podcast. We want to thank everyone of our listeners from around the world. We are always looking for feedback. Please contact us on our Facebook page, Twitter at Heard Movies, that's H-E-A-R-D, Movies, and Instagram at I Heard Your Review Movies. Coming soon to TikTok. Want to be a guest reviewer? Please contact us at any of our platforms if interested. Deputy Chairman Fred Hampton of the Illinois Black Panther Party. We begin the podcast with one of the most anticipated films of the Oscar season, Judas and the Black Messiah, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Lakeith Steinfeld, directed by Shaka King. Bill O'Neill infiltrates the Black Panther Party per FBI agent Mitchell and J. Edgar Hoover as party chairman Fred Hampton ascends, falling for a fellow revolutionary en route, a battle wages for O'Neill's soul. So to give you all a little bit of a background on where what this movie is about, O'Neill uh, interviewed for a TV docuseries called Eyes on the Prize, which was a very popular docuseries on PBS, telling his involvement in the FBI raid that would kill Fred Hampton. In the interview, you see the pain, guilt, and anguish O'Neill carried with him through several decades. The night of his death, after a night of heavy drinking, he attempted to jump out of a window 
but his uncle prevented him from jumping. Later, he ran out onto the Eisenhower Expressway into oncoming traffic and was killed. The date was January 15, 1990, Martin Luther King Day, the day Eyes on the Prize would premiere on public television with his segment. The movie starts out with O'Neill in trouble with the FBI for attempting to rob and carjack several black men in a bar using a fake FBI badge. He's looking at between five and ten years in federal prison, or he can help the FBI by becoming an undercover informant into the Black Panther Party of Illinois and the rapidly rising star Fred Hampton. O'Neill starts to buy into Hampton's agenda and becomes conflicted the deeper he goes. Ultimately, O'Neill complies and betrays his best friend. This is an amazingly timely movie regarding race relations. Unfortunately, still today, we are talking about all this. It is a list of problems that still exist today, very much so. Kaluuya is a lock for Best Supporting Actor. I would call it right now that he is going to win it. His performance is electric and unbelievably engaging in the role as Fred Hampton. Um, you know, but uh, Lakeith Steinfeld as O'Neill is, is equally as engaging uh, and is an amazing performance. This is a timely movie regarding race relations. Uh, I give Judas and the Black Messiah three and a half out of four stars. It is in theaters now, or you can access it on HBO Max for a limited time. I believe this is the final week that you can catch it on HBO Max. Definitely see this movie. It is amazing. just where we watch you. I understand we've 90 days. Let's aim for 60. He's just got a month. LB, this is my brother, Joe. Nice to meet you, Joseph. Walk with me. What makes me cry? Emotion. Where do I feel emotion? Here, here, and here. <laughs> ah, nerds. What's nerds? Nerds is Brooklynese for nuts. Cheapers. Expect more of you. Mank. Mr. Mankowitz. The next film is Netflix's Mank, starring Gary Oldman and Amanda Seyfried, directed by David Fincher. 
Mank is based on the true story of embattled screenwriter Herman Mankiewicz, who is tapped by Orson Welles to help him write the great next American motion picture. Orson Welles was given unprecedented control over all aspects of his film, meaning he could create whatever he wanted to for RKO Pictures. He was fascinated with Mank's process and was confident he'd have a surefire Hollywood hit on his hands. Wells gave Mank the unenviable deadline of 60 days to get a screenplay ready for review. On top of that, Mank had just been involved in a horrendous car accident shattering his leg. Mank was an alcoholic with a hot temper. If poked enough, but when he started writing, he'd crank hundreds of pages within hours. His process was very unorthodox, but his creative genius is evident throughout. A very tortured soul with a lot of demons in his closet, Citizen Kane was Mank's only true success, and he died 11 years later of alcoholism at 55 years old. It's a film not everyone will enjoy. It is a very slow, methodic sequence that really gets drawn out at times. It's a movie that pays homage to old-time Hollywood in the process of filmmaking, starting with the screenwriters. The process is a lot different, of course, with the technology of today, but you needed to know and have connections in order to make any success in Hollywood land. Fincher does a very good job painting the backdrop as to how Hollywood was back in the 1930s and 40s. It also shows how selfish and self-centered Orson Welles was to obtain success in Hollywood. He wanted to give full credit for writing Citizen Kane to only himself and give Mank no credit whatsoever. This is one part of the movie I was very impressed, that Mank stood his ground and for himself against the powers of Orson Welles in the studio to get what was rightfully credited to him. A couple years after finishing the screenplay, Citizen Kane won multiple Oscars, including Best Screenplay, that included Mank and Orson Welles. Politics is another important piece to this movie, with William Randolph Hearst controlling most of the newspapers of that era. After Citizen Kane was made, Hearst was very angry that some of the depictions of the characters in the film represent him and his family. Of course, Orson Welles denied this several times when asked if it was based on William Randolph Hearst and his family. Mank would never allude to if this was the case or not. This movie definitely will be an Oscar contender. I don't think it's going to win a single award. It'll be one of those films that is highly nominated for Oscars, but wins nothing. I give Bank three out of four stars. It is streaming on Netflix right now. Uh. Ah. You brothers, you could move mountains without ah. lifting a finger. Uh. Minister Malcolm X. Good news, the chariot is coming. Who's the greatest? That's right. Jim Brown, take the ball. Your record is going to stand the test of time. All together, The entire city of Miami is celebrating. I'm the new heavyweight champion of the world, and I don't even have a scratch on my face. Oh, my goodness. Tess? Why am I so pretty? Hey, congratulations, Jim. 
fuck and get used to that. Uh, I was made in America, land of free, home of the brave. This movement that we are in is called a struggle because we are fighting for our lives. This ain't about civil rights. They ain't giving black people what they really want. What's that? Hey, I was made in America. So I'm not here made in America. Power. Black power. I like the sound of that. Uh, I wish I lived in America. We have to be there for each other. Everybody, bitch, all I gotta do is run up. Keep on keeping the area. I made it to America. I made it to America. Our next film is One Night in Miami, starring Eli Gorey, Aldous Hodge, Kingsley Ben-Adir, and Leslie Odom Jr., directed by Regina King, as she makes her directorial debut. Adapted from a screenplay, it imagines a meeting in a hotel after Cassius Clay's defeat of Sonny Liston in 1964 when he was crowned heavyweight world champion. Clay and his friends Jim Brown, Sam Cooke, and Malcolm X get together to celebrate, joke, argue, and debate about being black in 1960s America. The pre-credit sequence concentrates on each of these men. It shows that their casual and non-casual encounters of racism that they endure in daily life. The crux of the movie is... Cassius Clay deciding to become a Muslim and join the Nation of Islam, which also entails changing his name. Meanwhile, Malcolm X is also considering his future with the Nation of Islam, which is causing tensions within the group. Jim Brown wants to leave football and become an actor. It is better for his knees. Cook has realized that there is money to be made if white groups such as the Rolling Stones have big hits with the songs he has written. Malcolm X, though, is angry with Cook for not taking a stronger political stance. He reminds Cook that black people are being killed every day. Others tell Malcolm that he is being too hard on Cook. Deep down, this is a very political movie, chiming with the Black Lives Matter debate. The stage-bound nature of the movie is hard to ignore. It also takes a little bit to get going, but becomes compelling when Malcolm X and Sam Cook clash the ensemble cast bounces well off each other i agree with that the best performance for me was leslie odom jr as sam cook especially his amazing singing voice it really was great um a year after this meeting that both malcolm x and sam cook would be dead shortly after so it is an incredible fascinating movie that makes you think a lot and it really is one of the best movies i've seen this year i give one night in miami three and a half out of four stars it is in theaters and is streaming now on amazon prime video you must eat my words before I'm gone, my son. Now, you will be king of the throne that's passed to a male heir, Akeem. 
it appears you have a son who must be found. Prepare the royal jet. We are going back to America. Oh, hell no, your majesty. Come on. I'm back. Say it again. to see you. Well, Abby, damn, look who done come up in here. Hey, it's Cooper Chinte and Ebola. Famine and blood diamonds. Nelson Mandela and Winnie. Those hungry babies with the flies on the face. Hey, oh, 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 that's too much. Now, you stepped over the line. Now, we won't be talking that kind of shit about the hungry babies. You're going to have to get out of my chair. Politically incorrect. So what you doing back here, Hotel Rwanda? <laughs> I'm back. Say it again. Our final film to review this week is Coming to America, starring Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. 33 years after Prince Akeem of Zamunda married Lisa McDowell of Queens, Akeem lives the Zamunda life with his queen and three daughters. According to Zamunda tradition, a male heir must succeed the throne. Akeem then finds out that his, from his dying father that he has a son in America. So, with his best friend Semi, they return to America to find the true heir to the throne. The characters that return are amazing, and some kind of confusing. Uh, one character left out, of course, was Daryl, the heir to the Soul Glow Fortune, played brilliantly by Eric LaSalle. And they had a great premise for him if he came back, uh, where he was going to be bald, which Eric LaSalle is now. And it was going to be promoting a product called Soul Glow, uh, Grow instead of Soul Glow. And that, I think, would have been brilliant. But Eric LaSalle was working uh, on Chicago PD, I believe, is the show he's on. And he had a lot of commitments, could not do the cameo scene. So that was an unfortunate miss uh, on their part. But great characters return louis anderson you know the employee from mcdowell's is in returning uh, of course mr mcdowell returns there's many great characters that return some you scratch your head about because 33 years ago some of these characters were pretty old yet they they surprisingly show up in this one um you know it would have been a great uh, you know, it would have been a, a better movie, I think, uh, with a little bit more structure to the story. Um, but I won't give away any more of the characters, um, because it is, a, it reminds me a lot of a high school reunion where you've been away for a long time. You might not remember certain people, but when you go back and re reunite with these characters, it all comes back. So in that respect, it's a great reunion type uh, film. Um, but it is also pretty funny comedy with several plot holes, though. Um, but it is also timely with the rise of equal pay and equality 
for men and women in this country. And it does have a good message at the end. Uh, but Wesley Snipes was sensational in this movie. He really played the general uh, of Zamunda very well, uh, Akeem's rival, and really did a tremendous job. as his first film in a, quite a long time, uh, but he did a great job. Of course, you have James Earl Jones briefly in the movie, but he was great and a lot of great characters throughout just a very nice, you know, reunion type film is what I would probably consider it. I give Coming to America two and a half stars. It is playing on Amazon Prime Video now. The current news on movie theaters uh, right now is slow to develop, but with the Continuing rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines, which we will be up to four by mid-year with the AstraZeneca virus now going for emergency approval, which would mean there would be the Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and AstraZeneca. Um, More people that get vaccinated, the more restrictions are being lifted. Of course, we're still going to have masks being worn for quite some time because of the variants out there. Even if you get the uh, vaccine, you're still going to have to wear masks due to the variants that are out there. Um, But a lot of things are going to start opening up again. Restaurants, shopping centers, movie theaters, entertainment, you know, like Dave and Buster's and various other arcade aspects and things like that. Um, right now, Cinemark theaters are reopening with most of their theaters already open. Some are limited to weekday or weekend, uh, service based on the volume of business that they get. Regal theaters continue to be closed with no news on reopening at this time, which I find very odd. Um, but still closed. AMC is starting to begin the process of reopening their theaters uh, they started with L.A. a few weeks ago. Alamo Drafthouse filed for Chapter 11 to protect their assets in order to move forward as a business. A few locations that were underperforming did close, but most Alamo theaters will remain open, including the Alamo Drive-In Concept in Ashburn, which has really been a huge success for them. Um, the Family Drive-In Theater, which unfortunately lost their matriarch um jim cop who was the owner and proprietor um they are anticipating a delayed opening this year due to the untimely death of jim uh they are getting the season together and trying to get the movie scheduled together um but it look for sometime in april potentially may uh when the Family Drive-In Theater will open. We will continue to keep you posted on this podcast. We're hoping to get an interview with the new manager slash owner of the Family Drive-In Theater when things start to settle down and, and they have some time. Um, but the good news is they are reopening. So... Um, Movie schedules are beginning to normalize as more people get vaccinated. Once we hear more about major releases coming soon, we will let you know. Of course, Disney announced this week all of their major releases are going to be simulcasted with a Disney Plus Premier Access. 
So you can go to the theater or you can actually get the movie on your Disney Plus subscription plus an additional $30 fee. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens with that. That includes Black Widow that's coming out. Um, I'm not sure the date right now. I will find out for you uh, on that. Um, but as soon as we do that, we'll let you know. And in the next podcast, we will go into more in-depth uh, discussion of the Oscars. Interesting uh, awards, uh, nominations, I thought. I mean, streaming movies rue the day here this year in 2021. Big, uh, the most nominations was Mank with 10. Uh, and then we have, you know, Judas and the Black Messiah. We also have um, Namari, I think. Minari, sorry, Minari. Uh, and Nomadland uh, being big nominees. But we'll go through and have more in-depth on each category the next broadcast. Uh, just want to make sure we keep the broadcasts a little bit, you know, less in length. Uh, because I could talk all day about the Oscars and award season and, and those movies, but, uh, but we will do that next time on the next broadcast. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Yeah, this is a shout out to all of our listeners in Ireland and Germany. It's amazing. The listeners that we're picking up from these countries continue to listen we appreciate your support uh and also everyone around the united states and canada we appreciate your support on that front as well again if you want to be a guest reviewer please uh you know check out our facebook page instagram uh, and our twitter account and drop us a line we'd love to have you uh, as a guest reviewer on our show um, next podcast, we will review the Oscar frontrunner Nomadland starring Francis McDormand, uh, the Korean American film Minari, who's it's also getting a lot of buzz and is the favorite to win best foreign language film at the Oscars this year and chaos walking the heavily delayed movie starring Tom Holland and Daisy Ridley. We will also probably have another movie in there, uh, to be determined. But have a great week, everybody, and I'll see you at the movies.